Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This episode is brought to you by Top Trainer Supplements. Whether you're looking to improve your mental or physical health, lose some extra pounds, or increase the performance of your workouts, Top Trainer has you covered. Victoria has been taking their Multi Plus Vitamin for women, and it's specifically formulated to improve gut health, reduce stress, and maintain cellular efficiency. Our listeners can use the discount code COOK10 at the checkout for 10% off their purchase. Just visit www.toptrainer.com to shop the full line of products, and don't forget to enter code COOK10 at checkout. This week's featured cookbook is Black Food, edited by Bryant Terry. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. <laughs> Hi. We're a little more sober this episode. Yeah. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, you know, Sunday. Sunday fun day. Leisurely day. Yep. Yeah. We had a good day yesterday, though. We had a great day. We had like a little date day. Yeah. Uh, Those we, were important. Mm-hmm. We went and saw, we actually went and saw Uncle Buck in the theater. Yep, John Candy, classic John Hughes movie. There's there's this great theater near our house called the Parkway, which is like a vintage theater. It's gorgeous. They have a full bar. I've, ne- I've seen Uncle Buck probably Hundreds of times, sure. but I've never seen the unedited version with curse words. With curse, although yeah. there there aren't that many curse, but there's some. Yeah, but there's just something very rewarding about sitting there watching Uncle Buck as you're enjoying a cocktail, right? In the theater, and I was surprised at how many people were there. Yeah. I guess we're not the only ones that love the Uncle Buck. And then we we went to uh, Pump House Creamery afterwards. Uh, I think we've mentioned them before in episodes and. Uh, Got some speckled milky chocolate flavor, mm. which is really good. We've got a little bit left, so mm-hmm. might have to gonna devour that. Might have to <laughs> indulge later on t- tonight. Of course. Well, welcome to episode sixty-five of Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. If you visit our uh, website, which is wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab. That will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And from there, we've got a few lists. If you make a purchase from any of those lists, uh, you'll get a little something. It won't cost you anything more. We'll get a little affiliate uh, cash in our pockets. Maybe coin is more appropriate. Coin. Coin in our pockets. (laughs) Not even plural coins, coin, just coin. Coin. Uh, but yeah, e- either way, it's it's much appreciated. <laughs> it's a great way that you can support what we're doing here and get a little something for yourself in return. Uh, you want to talk about uh, what we have been working on? You've been doing some pottery. You've been like a pottery fool. Yes. So my pottery class is coming to an end next. Well, okay. The just the, the session. You're gonna you're gonna keep it going. Yes, I'm. Yeah. I'm actually. Tonight, 
at midnight. Oh yeah, this I'm is how hopping in there. I'm I'm like setting my alarm. If I'm, I know I'll be asleep by midnight. So I'm gonna set an alarm. This is how dedicated you are to the craft, and I can register for the next session. I don't think it's really necessary, but I, I admire your dedication. <laughs> I do. I really do. I'm just such a nervous Nelly. I don't want to be like shut out. But you, you know what's funny? There was another guy there. The the sing the lone, the lone Mister in my class. <laughs> One dude in your pattern. That's what he did. That for the other. Like when he signed up for this particular class, which I think is hilarious because it's what I did too. Yep. Anyhow. What have you been making? Well, I've made, I've made a lot of bowls. I threw a couple plates. Um, Make any bongs? I did not. See, that's what kind of separates the adult pottery class from From the the high school. I made a bong. I made a bong when I was in high school. Everyone did. Um. Even though I didn't smoke weed, I thought it would just be kind of fun to of try it. But it was really cool. It was like this round tube thing. Like it was like a circle that was made of like a tube. And where is it now? I have no idea. In, in the in the trash heap? No, I think someone probably took it from me. Huh. Um but anyway, so we might we okay, the Minneapolis school teachers are on strike, or rightfully so, because they should get everything they ask for. And not be uh, made to feel ungrateful for having right? to work through this pandemic. Seriously, under, they, like, like, challenging circumstances. They, they to, have been to told. The they have been told you are lucky to have a job. Yeah, and it, ugh, don't get me started. But yes. anyway, my my next class is going to be the pot should be getting fired. So you d- you th- you've through is that the right? <laughs> You've thrown. thrown the pottery. I've thrown them. You've and trimmed. I've trimmed them. And I d- on some of them, I did some underglazes. Like, underglaze is different from regular glaze because regular glaze actually has, like, it kind of turns to glass, basically. It's got, like, silicone part. Silicone. Okay. So, I'm just, I've, like, I trimmed all my pots, and now we're just waiting for them to get fired. So, they get turned into bisqueware, and then they can get glazed awesome i can't wait to see them because i've been seeing the little photos in progress and we might have some unique awesome looking props it's a bummer though because i i wrecked a couple when i was trimming them there was there was one that i like you uh stick it to the wheel using like little pieces of clay and i kind of like munch the top of it and the lip broke off and it, it was a beautiful bowl and I'm very Aww. sad and that happened to two of them but I had a plate that was really fucked up and I managed to to uh save it by nice. trimming it so nice. yes but anyway enough of that go you <laughs> go me all right I'm being already in stuff oh last weekend after our most recent episode was was went live we went to the uh, food and wine experience mm-hmm. here in uh, Minneapolis. It was it was held at uh, Target Field, where the Minnesota Twins baseball team play. What are our big takeaways from this thing? Don't drink so much, right? Because you might lose your wallet. <laughs> not not saying I have any personal experience with that, but I've just been told. Yeah. So yeah. Also, another takeaway: Minnesota wines are. Terrible. Yeah, Minnesota's not really known for its wine production. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, God bless those people that are out there trying, but uh, right? not my jam. There was not enough food there. 
Yes. By it, they should just call it like the the wine, wine experience, and, the wine and liquor experience. A little bit of snacks. Yeah. And I think that contributed to possibly fictitious scenario of me losing my wallet and maybe slipping on some ice outside. That's okay. I slipped the, on some ice too. Yeah, the weather was terrible. Like, okay, so we're in March as we record this episode. The weather's kind of improving, but it's kind of unpredictable as well. And so uh, when we were there, it started off nice. And then... We uh, took the bus down there. Yeah, yeah we were Easy peasy was great. Yeah. Don't 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 get it twisted that uh, we don't we, we overindulged and then like somehow drove home or something. But and then by the time we left, the sky just kind of opened up and it was like pouring rain and we uh-huh. had this like you know gigantic rainstorm going on. It was thundering and, and we're lightning. Trying to figure out how to get home and we, we we had to pick up the bus in a different spot from where oh our our dog's hyperventilating back there. You okay over there, Olive? She's got a little reverse sneeze going on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we ended up like just doing what we needed and calling an Uber and getting home and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. And the next morning there were eight inches of snow on the ground. Yeah. So that, and that was my, what the point I was trying to make is that, uh, the, all that torrential rain that we received froze overnight and then it was just like sheets of ice. And then at some point I think I slipped outside. And slipped well, and, yeah, I slipped too. Yeah. And I kind of look like someone beat me up too because I have this like that's right bad bruise on my arm and I have a I had a bruise on my forehead because I kind of like caught myself on my arm and then like my head went down like thunk so yikes <laughs> fun times I, I swear it wasn't me and 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 when you're our when you're our age, falling down is not fun anymore. It's not funny I don't know because that it was ever fun, but you feel it a lot more. You do. <laughs> Like I mean, and you're more likely to break something. The event itself was fun. I, I randomly ran into someone I went to high school with that I probably haven't seen in like several decades, and I don't know how he recognized me. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel I, I look different enough. I don't think I would have recognized him. So no, my apologies, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice to see you. Um, anyway. That was that was our takeaway from the from the food and wine experience. Um, hey, I finished a few books recently, and they're all kind of food related, so it's worth mentioning. Looks like we got a reader here. Yep, trying to trying to do my best. Um, and this is one that you read, uh-huh. um, Brandon Baltzley, Nine Lives: A Chef's Journey from Chaos to Control. Not recommended. No, I don't think I'd recommend <laughs> it. But I, I read it. I, I hate read the last uh, half I, of it. I agree with you. Basic premise is this guy was kind of a self-taught, very naturally gifted chef who had addiction problems. Had addiction problems as well as probably other issues, and just somehow kept finding himself in these situations where he was working for some pretty well-known chefs and restaurants that took him to like New York and Chicago and beyond. And then he would keep finding ways to sabotage it Mm -hmm. just through his substance abuse. And um, almost, almost like he was like, just didn't like following through on anything. It was more just like, I would get the opportunity and get myself in there and then like he'd last three or four weeks at a job. Yeah. So apparently now he's a personal trainer. He like left the restaurant vision. Yeah. Yeah. Probably for the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway. So that, but you know, if you are in the industry and you like memoirs about chefs and stuff like that, maybe check it out. 
I can't really recommend it. I don't recommend it. There were several times when I was going to put it down. Yeah. And I just kind of. As I was reading it, I was just kind of like, this fucking guy. Yeah. What do we just uh, finished up? The Essential Cocktail Book, edited by Megan Krigbaum. What are we currently finishing up? Uh, We are currently working on The Kitchen Shelf by Rosie Reynolds and Eva Sullivan. We have one recipe left. Yep. And that is what we are having for dinner tonight. We're having breakfast for dinner. Yep. We're doing banana pancakes with peanut butter and bacon. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yes. All right. Should we move on to the show topic? Let's do it. All right. This was an interesting one. Name some album covers with food on them. Um, And I should note that I'll be linking a blog post so that uh, listeners can view photos of what we're talking about because I realize this is kind of a visual uh, question and uh, some of them you might know, some of them you may not. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a blog post. It'll be fun. If you guys can hear a noise in the background, that is our noisy ice maker in our fridge. Got to have ice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to start with the first one? You start with the first one. And give the Cliff's Note version, please. Okay. So our our, our friend Charlene J said Herb Alpert, whipped cream and other delights. Classic. Probably one of the best known album covers with food on it. But did you know the album cover shot in 1965 features model Dolores Erickson and she was paid $1,500 for the photo shoot. It took place in a converted garage, which was the studio of the photographer. Um, she was 29 years old at the time and three months pregnant. So Ooh. she sat on a stool with a blanket covering her from the waist down and then wore a bikini with the straps folded down. And then she was covered in shaving cream, which, of course, unlike whipped cream, would not melt under the hot photographic lights. Uh, and then she had a dollop of whipped cream on her head. Sounds appetizing, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And it's also been parodied by several bands, including Soul Asylum mm-hmm. in their Clam Dip and Other Delights album cover. And then uh, comedian Pat Cooper in his Spaghetti Sauce and Other Delights album cover, as well as many others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Classic. All right. Uh, Joseph P. said The Who sells out. Which, sell out, yeah, which, which is the one with the Heinz baked beans, yeah, which oh, it so grosses me out yep. every time I look at it. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Miss Melissa G's mentioned the Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed, which features that big cake on the cover. What else we got? Jack Daw, <laughs> our good old friend Jack Daw, uh, said Fleetwood Mac, Mystery to Me. Um, it's got cake and a gorilla. And then also Super Tramp Breakfast in America. Another classic. Mm-hmm. Trevor W. said Head East, flat as a pancake, which has a big stack of pancakes. Ooh, story time. My old band, back when I was a young lad, once played a show with Head East. We were at some uh, remote resort in Minnesota. We opened up for them. I think at the time... What, wait, what is their hit song? I don't think I've ever um, even heard them. Never Been Any Reason. No. It, it was like an yeah. AM radio rock hit from the 70s. Okay. I'm, if you heard it, we'll play it after the show. Maybe you'd know. Maybe not. All right. But uh, it, it's probably something you'd hear on like Dazed and Confused or something. Okay. That kind of thing. All right. Um, I think at the time, the keyboard player was the only original member. And then everyone else in the band was like half his age. And then he just proceeded to like 
berate them and yell at them in his like cocaine fueled mania. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. And then we stayed there at the, you know, as part of the conditions of the gig is we got like some free rooms at the resort or something. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like the place uh, dirty dancing was the upstate New York cat skills, oh, okay. you know, kind of resort kind of thing. And we were like, you know, playing. You were the them. talent. Yeah. Okay. And then, sure. you know, part of it was like we got rooms afterwards that were probably like away from all the paying members. Okay, um, so Rose said the spaghetti incident. Why don't you like my story? <laughs> Rose said the spaghetti incident by Guns N' Roses. Yep. Uh, Kevin V said Pearl Jam, and I believe it's a self-titled album, right? Mm-hmm. With the avocado yep. on it. Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dean V said Willy Bobo, Spanish Grease. Nice. I'll Which s- looks as disgusting as it sounds. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, that was actually on one of my picks. Um, so for my picks, I have MF Doom mm, Food. Ah, nice. Which has like an um, illustration of different foods. Uh, Gucci Mane, the rapper, has an album called Dinner. And on the cover, it's got a steak dinner with like some asparagus and a big steak wow i don't think i know that one um i gotta check it out mongo santa maria stone soul oh, yeah. he's got it's got a plate of ham hocks uh black eyed peas and cornbread the velvet underground record Ooh, oh i sold I, I couldn't believe that no I one mentioned one. that i know right that was the first thing that came to my mind when yeah and it's got the andy warhol print of the banana yep booker t and the mgs green onions of course um, brother Jack McDuff, down home style, has a plate of ribs, greens, cornbread, some corn on the cob. And Ike and Tina Turner out of season, where they are both in a white face eating watermelon. Weird. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't got anything to say about that. That's just wacky. Yeah. All right. Um, all I had was the Velvet Underground one. That That's was the first all thing. you had. I didn't dive deep into Wait, this. Wait, you couldn't hop on the internets and look? I mean, I could have. It's <laughs> <laughs> no. such a low effort. Like I said, hey, I'm putting together the blog post. We'll have all this available on the blog. It'll be great. Oh, my God. You crack me up I so know. much. It's a lazy Sunday You're for like me. You're like Velvet Underground. I, I got no excuse. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to this book. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about with this book. Woo-hoo! So this is the debut release from Bryant Terry on his own imprint, Four Color Books. Yay! Uh, it collects recipes, poetry, essays, and art from across the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. Not only are you treated to a collection of recipes, but there's some thought-provoking writing as well, all under the umbrella of food and how it influences every aspect of life. So we were treated to... Uh, recipes from authors that we've featured previously, uh, such as Gregory Gorday and Bryant Terry himself, as well as some newly discovered folks such as Isaiah Martinez, Jerome Grant, and Nicole Taylor. Want to talk about the dishes we made? Yep. Let's um, do it. I'll do a bullet list first. Uh, we did a cocoa orange fish. We did a recipe for doubles. We did charred red cabbage with spiced tomato relish. There was a grape tarragon spritzer and a black-eyed pea and charred octopus salad. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is this is a dense book. There's it, a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. in addition to the recipes. So admittedly, 
I need to still spend some time with it and read some of the material. But if you're the type that enjoys these cookbooks that have not only recipes but a lot of food writing, this has got to be like one of the best ones out there. This is something that could that could live on your nightstand. Yes. Agreed. Um, let's talk about the cocoa orange fish. Okay. And this is from Nicole Taylor. Mm-hmm. The idea of like cocoa and fish seems bonkers to me. Agreed. Um, so that's kind of what drew drew us to it. Yeah. The actual fish. will it cocoa? <laughs> the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> um, so the recipe calls for catfish. We use steelhead trout, and they get a rub of. Benny seeds, chili flake, cocoa powder, which is obviously unsweetened, uh, maple sugar, and caraway seeds. And then they get placed, uh, and then you put them on a sheet tray with some orange slices resting on top. So you get that nice little, you get juices from, get get some nice little citrus juices. This was like a sheet pan meal, Mm -hmm. a very bougie Sheet pan meal. Yeah. <laughs> it was and very fancy. I was worried that it would be kind of bitter or the cocoa would be overpowering. But And I was also very worried about the caraway seeds. I th- I've, to me, I was like, that seems out of place. But it all worked really deliciously. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it was a super successful recipe. I agree. So uh, this, was a, this was one where our, our intrigue... Paid off, mm-hmm. and uh, we we selected it mostly on that basis. But we're glad we did. It could have went either way, mm-hmm. but it was good. Let's talk this doubles. This was probably the most involved dish that we made. Mm-hmm. This is a popular street food in Trinidad and Tobago. Also, the current popular street food here in our house, <laughs> maybe. But there's there's several moving parts. So you've got uh, this uh, what's called a bara, which is like a spiced dough that after frying becomes the the base for your filling to sit on. So these are kind of like open face. He made the dough and I made the filling. Mm-hmm. The filling was made the day before, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, it's even advised in the book to do that because it will taste better after it's had a day to rest and develop some flavor. Not surprising. Uh, what's in the filling? The filling is potatoes, chickpeas, onions, garlic squash, and then there's a bunch of spices like curry powder, cumin. I I it, you know it's funny because I'm always like is it cumin or cumin? I say cumin. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Yeah. Whatever. Um <laughs> cumin and habanero. And then there are two different sauces if you will. There's a sweet tamarind sauce and a cucumber chutney. And uh, those get put on top prior to serving. Yeah. It's a lot. It was good. It was delicious. I remember having leftovers. I think you it. I think you put the bara into the toaster. Yeah. Did it get too crunchy for you? No, it was fine. I mean, okay. you know how I am with like lunches. You're I'll like just, a garbage I'll just throw anything can. together. <laughs> yeah, it was totally fine. Uh, next time, make triples. Right. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> All right. Should we talk uh, charred red cabbage with spiced tomato relish? Yes. This was one of my favorites. And it came courtesy of Gregory Gorday, who mm-hmm. we featured his book, Everyone's Table, last year. And it was actually like a, a favorite of ours. Showed and when, up on our best of list. When we were eating this, I was like, God, 
God, I hope he puts out another book soon. I believe he is. <laughs> uh, the spice level of this uh, tomato relish that's in here, Woo! no joke. <laughs> It'll blow your hair back. Yes. It's great. It's got 15 garlic cloves in it. Love it. Yeah, it was great. I have I actually made this a second time for a shrimp spaghetti meal that I threw together on one of our surf and turf nights, mm-hmm. and uh, I loved it. So if you if you like if you like heat, this is for you. Oh, so good. So the red cabbage is just simply roasted on a sheet tray mm-hmm. in the oven until charred. Gorgeous looking dish. What did we have this with? I'm sure we had it with something. Like some sausages or something. I honestly can't remember. Yeah, it's been a while, but uh, this was kind of like it, it's it's probably more of a side dish type of situation. Yeah. But it was it was delicious, very flavorful, very vibrant. What more can we say about it? I, I would make it again, and again Absolutely. and again. Absolutely. Um, next was a grape tarragon spritzer, and the recipe was by Mr. Bryant Terry himself. Uh, it was it's a mocktail. Which was great because when we made this, we were doing our dry January. So it starts with a tarragon simple syrup. Mm-hmm. You combine that with a fresh blended juice from grapes. Mm-hmm. Top it with a little sparkling water. How about something a little more high octane? Add some gin or vodka. Perfect. Yep. Maybe even rum. How do you feel about that? Sure. I'm yeah. not. I we don't really drink much rum. I know. Need to investigate that. Yeah. All right. How about this black-eyed pea and charred octopus salad? This was another one of my favorites. This comes uh, from Jerome Grant. So good. We did a pretty good job with that octopus. Mm-hmm. I think that's an ingredient that is oftentimes intimidating for some people. Well, I know. I mean, I've cooked it before, but uh, admittedly, I was like, I got the vapors when I was like, oh, God, I just don't want to screw it up. Yeah. I mean, but... You know, what you do is you you boil it for a little bit and then take it out. You boil until it's like nice and tender and then you take it out and then you put it in. And also I need to say it gets boiled. The water that you boil it in has uh, bay leaves, thyme and salt and it goes for about half an hour. Yeah. Uh, and then you take it out and it gets put in a... Uh, Marinade mixture that's olive oil, garlic, lime. So that's uh, going to further kind of tenderize mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because the lime in there juice. for what forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then once that's all done, then it gets like a nice char in the cast iron, and then that gets placed a bed of some black-eyed peas, green onion, parsley, cilantro, a little bit more olive oil, and some lime juice. So yeah, good. This and the charred red cabbage dishes were definitely my favorites. They were, the yeah, it was like both of those were those things where you eat it and you're just like, oh. worth the effort. You do like the sigh when you're eating it. Yeah. And it, it must, it should be noted that I think that the, that the um, octopus would be really good, like getting, getting the char like on a blazing hot grill too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so not difficult, just time mm-hmm. for for octopus. So you know, if you're considering it, maybe you haven't had it, maybe you want to try it. Don't be intimidated. It just needs it just needs some time. Yeah, no pun intended because it does have time <laughs> in it too. But uh, all right, all right. Uh, let's talk about before we dive into our own reviews, the most critical Amazon reviews. So I went on there. There was a few, nothing, nothing too bad, but uh, we've we've found a couple. They were both two star reviews. This one comes from Celestine Tatum. 
And she said, uh, two out of five stars. She said she was expecting more American black dishes and stories. Couldn't find many dishes that I would want to try. Too different from what I'm accustomed to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if if you're under the impression that this is, and I use this like in quotation, like a soul food book, like a traditional like American soul food book. Yeah. This it's is not, not necessarily it. that. No. This draws from many more influences than just... The American South. And so uh, I can understand how if someone was like expecting that, they might be a little confused or Mm -hmm. disappointed. So, all right. The next one is from Alex Widmeyer. He gave it a two out of five stars or they gave it out two out of five stars. Sure. Um, Buyer beware. Hardly has any recipes in it compared to the length of the book. Mostly poetry and other rantings unrelated to cooking. When I search for a cookbook, I expect a cookbook. Not whatever this is supposed to be. Returned after skimming through. Well, I'm sorry. You completely missed the whole fucking point of the book. You would think that you'd kind of have an idea of what it was about going into it. And I mean, even if you're buying online, you can kind of often look at what the table of contents are. Right? And read a little bit about it from the publisher and know what you're getting into. Right. And I don't think it's fair to... And it's... it's Well, it's just kind of gross to be like poetry and other rantings. Yeah. Like, that is so dismissive and I mean, and it's awful. all related to food. It's yes. all food writing. And, and there's like, plenty of other books that have And you're that. shitting... You're like shitting on, on these authors you know the authors of the essays experience and like their memories and uh, i don't know i just think i think this uh, i think this review was wrote, written by a white person <laughs> i don't want to judge but it, it 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 it's written by someone who was a little bit misinformed as what they were buying mm-hmm. so we'll we'll leave it at that all right so let's uh, let's go to our rankings okay uh, let's start with food photography and styling. Okay. I gave it a four. Um, the first thing that should be noted, it has a very like late 60s, 70s vibe. Yes. Um, it, it, it looks, and as a whole, like that's like, that is the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So it works for me. Like examples, there's a tablescape with some plastic grapes there's a photo of like chicken ramen and the model is wearing this green polyester leisure suit. <laughs> um, Gold LeMay makes an appearance several times. Yeah. Oriana Corin mm-hmm. is the photographer. It should be noted. There's, I think, I feel like I've kind of been brainwashed into these books that have really pale aesthetics and mm-hmm. like light and airy this book has tons of primary colors lots of browns and yellows and oranges mm-hmm. and there were great photos of raw ingredients like millet and beans and greens i have to say as for like the dinnerware there was gorgeous ceramics used mm-hmm. And, oh, one thing that I've never, ever seen before, braids used as placemats. It, it happened in, a, there were a couple different photos where 
a bowl of something or a plate of something was placed on a runner or a mat of braids. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice that. Mm -hmm. On page 287, there is the most gorgeous photo of a gumbo stew. It's got a deep maroon background and it's just of a hand holding this blue metallic ladle with this gumbo stew that almost has a drop coming off of it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I think there was a whole vibe here. And like the first time I paged through the book, I was like, ugh. But then the more I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, I gave it a four. All right. What'd you give it? I wish I was reading the book that you read. Okay. Because I this did the photos. They I, not a fan. I gave it a two. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Normally we agree on most of these things, but we this, do. This I'm... one just kind of lost me. So the styling, the props, the colorization all have a very retro feel. Yeah. As you mentioned, and it just didn't resonate with me. I don't feel that the photos. Uh, quote-unquote, celebrate the food in a way that the writing does and the text does. There's also lots of random photos of, like, artifacts and, like, some scenery and stuff. And I feel like maybe in their quest to be something more... Well, I know know one of the artifacts that you were... that you're talking about, Uh because I saw you looking at it. Mm -hmm. It's actually, like, you know how um, there's, like... The artwork after every after the intro of every there's the illustrations, yeah. But that was one of the artworks. It was a photo of an artwork. It was. Um, Don't tell me what I saw. Well, no, but not <laughs> no. Of, not all of the not all of those photos were illustrations. I'm saying like that was one of the artworks. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. To be honest with you, okay, but. I just feel like maybe in their quest to be something more than just a cookbook, they kind of lost sight that the food photos still need to be kind of appetizing and appealing to someone who maybe casually browses through the book. Okay. It just just my opinion. And there was a particular photo on page 80 of an asabuco recipe and photo. The the photo was so washed out and so I know exactly which one you're talking about that I just thought it was a very odd choice to include that in the book and it did not fit with the rest of the photos yeah I don't know I just I had some real issues with the photography and I understand that that was a very conscious choice very conscious design choice but that was the part of the book that just did not resonate with me okay where I just I did not just not my jam I did not feel those food photos at all um anyway design uh, and layout what'd you give it i give it a three okay as we mentioned a second ago there's some illustrations at the beginning of each chapters which i thought were great but they're not all illustrations okay <laughs> <laughs> it's what what's at the beginning it's like all like different artworks because there's also like a photograph of someone there's a photograph of this thing that someone else made. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, they're not all like illustrations. Okay, but there's like a introductory artwork. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the list of contributors is exhaustive mm-hmm. and impressive. I mean, mm-hmm. they have a whole list right? in the back page, and I mean, it's close to a hundred easily. Yeah, it's a full page. I enjoyed the color palette for each individual chapter. 
um, because then that makes up the titles for the recipe. And I thought they did a good job with the kind of front load, the essays and poetry and writing at the beginning of each chapter, followed by the recipes. So it does. there is a format to it, and it does make it easy to follow. Other than listing the serving sizes for the photos, which I should mention also vary widely because some of them would be serves four people, and then there'd be others that would be like serves 12 people. There's no elapsed times for stuff, mm, mm-hmm. which I think would have been helpful because Agreed. these recipes are like all over the place. There's some real simple stuff like that spritzer we made. There's some more involved stuff that oftentimes even you need to make stuff the day before or a few days before. And it'd be helpful to have that information at the beginning when you're just kind of skimming the recipe and trying to decide if it's something you want to totally make. Totally agree with you. So... And I feel like that's become pretty standard and most cookbooks will include that information. So I gave it a three. Okay. Um, I gave it a four. Okay. It starts off with a playlist for all of the chapters. I forgot to mention that. That's awesome. Um, Brian Terry did that in his Vegetable Kingdom mm -hmm. book as well, which we really appreciated. Um, There's a prologue and then there's like six actual chapters for for like food and then there's like an interlude for self-care and a conclusion which is called black future uh the table of contents for the recipes have a have an indicator whether they're vegan or vegetarian Mm -hmm. which is really nice each chapter has a different color font and after the title page there is a photo of of some art, whether it be an illustration or a sculpture or a photo of someone. Mm-hmm. The recipes have like an intro of the history, the relevance to the author, the serving size, and that's about as far as it goes. Yep. Um, I like that the ingredients are in bold font and mm-hmm. they are separated by component. Mm-hmm. And each of the methods for the components are like in separate groupings. Yeah, I think maybe I like the layout a little bit more than you did. Yeah. But uh, what you, would you do for degree of difficulty? I give it a three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really depends on the particular recipe. Because there, like I said earlier, there were some that were very involved. There's some that were pretty easy. It's kind of all over the map, so it's really hard to like assign, you know, a, a, a grade either way on, on these recipes because it's really going to depend on whatever one you choose. And I and I think we chose some that were super simple. We chose some where we had to make things ahead of time. Uh, in the case of the octopus dish, that's going to take some time. That's mm-hmm. probably not something you're going to throw together on a weeknight. But yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, same. And I pretty much have all the same notes as you do. And the only reason why I know about that Asabuco photo that you were talking about is because that uh, because I was looking at that recipe and I was like, holy shit, there's so many steps yeah. on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Taste. I gave it a five. Okay. I thought everything was nicely spiced. Um, The octopus and cabbage were my absolute favorites. I thought the food was vibrant, delicious. If you are are someone who likes bland food, seriously, don't bother with this book. (laughs) Um, But everything we made, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. I gave it a four. Okay. 
similar reasons. I, I overall enjoyed everything. Some of the stuff is not things that I would normally maybe gravitate to. The doubles were fine. Little greasy, little unhealthy. I know this book does not claim yeah. to be like a, a healthy quote unquote cookbook, but you know it, it also covers like a pretty wide swath of different cultures and cuisines and regions and you know yeah. But overall, I I really enjoyed everything. I don't think we, like you said, I don't think we had to like adjust seasonings no, or flavors. No complaints, really. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So now we're going to talk about, uh, our, this is our segment called Food for Thought. It's Food Idioms Explained. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. So the idiom is not my cup of tea. We've all used that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you want to you talk about uh, yeah. how, the origins uh, of it? Yes. It appears to originate in Britain in the first half of the 20th century, but... There are some indications that it goes as far back as the mid-18th century. Um, And it was always used in the affirmative case, like, you're my cup of tea. Right, which is not how it's used now. Yeah. So this is kind of interesting. Like, it it became a synonymous... Synonym. Synonym. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to me butchering a word. Synonym for, um, like... you would use it for saying like your best friend. Your oh, aces. They're my cup of tea. Yep. But it it started uh, becoming used in the negative context in about, and this is according to Gregory Teitelman's America's Popular Proverbs and Sayings. Uh, it came uh, came to be used in the negative light in around the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And it caught on during World War II, probably because Americans didn't like tea. Yeah. So they'd be like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. Um, Sorry to our British friends. We're we're (laughs) coffee people here, and then uh, you guys are tea people. Yeah. Um, And actually, in 1944, Hal Boyle wrote in a syndicated column, he says, you don't say someone gives you a pain in the neck. You just remark... He's not my cup of tea. There you go. There we go. All right. All right. So if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. You can follow us on our socials. Uh, Our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right. Joke time. Okay. I got a good one for you. Mm, Promise. Of course. Okay. Uh, I was talking to my mom the other day and, Mm -hmm. uh, she was telling me that you couldn't build a car out of spaghetti. I said, oh, no, you're wrong. You should have seen the look on her face as I drove pasta. <laughs> that was so not funny. That's all I got. You don't have a second one? Uh, you don't girl, have a backup? If you were a fruit, you'd be a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Always got to have a backup. Let that be a lesson to all you. That a, was really cute. Right? If someone tried to use that as me, like uh, with me, yeah, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. But but when I but, say it, it's cute. It's, it's you, you're an adorable <laughs> husband. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe. Stay hungry. 